ARMAN is one of the most well-respected and prolific composers in not just India, but the world. Many of us remember first hearing his music and feeling enraptured. I know I felt like I had never really quite heard anything like it. It was different from anything I had heard before, and yet it felt more Indian, more honest, more true, more evocative than anything that came before it. It was like coming home. To say he is a legend is not only accurate, but perhaps even too small a statement for such a man. But what makes him unique is that he is continually reinventing himself and raising a bar that has already pushed up into the stratosphere. His humility will astound you. The sign of a great master. On top of multiple hit scores, Grammys, Oscar nominations, filmmaking and touring the planet, A.R. Rahman has built schools for pursuance of music, where once there were little to no options. It is indeed the most noble of actions to extend whatever power and light one has acquired to benefit the greater good. From the moment I met him, I could feel the divine in A.R. Rahman. But his story is not without its time in the shadows and valleys of life. I am so deeply honored to have on Reverence the podcast one of my heroes, A.R. Rahman. Thank you so much for being on Reverence the podcast. My deep love and respect, I appreciate you. My Welcome. pleasure, my pleasure. The inimitable, unreal ARMON, <laughs> who, honestly, what words to use to describe you. But beyond all else, what hits me in my heart super deep is your humility, despite having done so much. You are compassion in motion. You've been interviewed maybe thousands of times. What makes reverence different, I think, from all the other interviews is we're going to bypass all the stuff you've done and all the accolades. And what I'm really interested in excavating is your inner world, your relationship with the unseen, your relationship with the divine, whatever you want to call it. There have been people on this podcast who are out-and-out atheists and just believe in the power of nature. Spirituality has so many faces, so many forms. Take me to ARM on, you were not born with that name. But the little boy, untainted by the world, your earliest memory of your relationship with God or the unseen or magic. When I look at what's happening today, I feel like God has been really kind to me. Even though I lost my father and disillusioned with a very powerful mother who you know, drove me to success. So all that stuff seems to be like uh -huh. child's play because now you see real tragedy. People who have all the money, all the power, they can't get oxygen and they breathe the last in front of the loved ones. And the real mass tragedy, which is historic. Of course, I come from this humble family of my father was a composer and, and my relationship, my whole being, I felt like I was not good enough. I'm, so that only changed when I changed my name. I changed my name from Dilip Kumar to A.R. Rahman. This when I felt like there is a meaning to my life. And this is the, my real identity, which has been searching. Not because of religion alone. It's about taking this whole garment of insecurity, low self-esteem, taking it off and putting something which is empowering. What I realized is actually, when you talk about belief system, human beings have... You know, when you're empowered with knowledge, you have a sense of, I know this, but they won't know this. So I need to give them a kind of a description of this person for them to believe in. So that description, even though it's temporary, for understanding, becomes permanent in people's mm -hmm. mind. 
as Indian systems, you know, teach educational system itself is to be blamed in a way where uh, you're made to mug up things <laughs> and you're not made to use your brains to come up with answers which could be different, which would be radically different from what they're expecting. But to challenge the power of thinking, to evaluate your expansiveness of your brain and nurturing that is more important than just mugging up something, which now is invalid because everybody has a phone, they can Google things and they can get the same answers. So mm-hmm. that whole system has become invalid. And very similar to that is our imagination of the creator. Whether it's beautiful. Yeah, because we all imagine, okay, this is how it is. This is the architecture, this is the imagery, and this is Hinduism, this is Islam, this is Christianity. But the, we all say that, you know, that there is this infinity. What is infinity? Is it the macro or the micro? Can you go deep within the atoms and find that many different universes within black holes in it? You know, these are the questions which once you become older, you ask yourself, oh my God, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? There are many, many, many questions. Ultimately, everything comes to humanity, love. And we all know that we are finite and we are perishable, very, very vulnerable people who can fall down anytime. And all the stuff you accumulated is just left and you don't take anything. So that actually makes you philosophical, loaded with empathy, loaded with kindness, makes you non-judgmental, makes you laugh at all the people who are judgmental, who are criticizing, who are jumping, who are pompous, who are... You just laugh at, oh my God, do you know where you're going to go? <laughs> <laughs> so that is my realization of life. I think past 30 years has been like that. And it's becoming even more deeper and deeper and more compassionate to even the harsh ones. They're like, just calm down, just calm down, just calm down. Nothing is worth it. <laughs> You said that you, in your previous or your younger years, you wore a cloak of disbelief, and that changing your name in a way allowed you to reimagine yourself, see yourself in a different light. And, you know, many people say that this body or this identity or the ego identified mind is super limited. And that we have the power to just, by virtue of changing our mind about something, shift our entire reality. Can you take me a little bit through the details of what that experience was for you? What did it feel like to suddenly arrive into the world and say that you were a different name? I mean, you had been one name your whole life. Every adverse thing which happens to your life, I think, is a lesson to make you stronger. Just that we don't realize and we feel like something has befallen us. And every good thing which happens also has an opposite bad (laughs) thing loaded in it. And we don't even know. It's hidden, Mm -hmm. right? No, I think one thing in meditation we all talk about is vacuum. Like not having any desire or any thoughts in your mind and empty your heart. So, but what drives art is ambition, passion, ego, right? I can never say, I'll go to the studio, I'll make a mediocre song because I'm very humble. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm so humble. Yeah, I'll make a very, very bad song. I'll make some of all the cliche, simplistic things which people hate. No, we don't go there. So I think I had to find a reason. There's a duality here now where, you know, you believe in in a system which is talks to you about killing your ego, but you are dealing with art which needs ego. So how do you, how do you channelize greatness into your art and uh, probably demolish that same driving force in your personal thing. So there's a duality. There is something, two channels going on here. So Mm. people don't want to come for a concert where there's something is very badly lit, very, there's no work shown, there's no greatness shown. 
they don't want to come and see something like that they want to see exotic things they want to see they want to get entertained and uh, it took years for me to find which is the way to get best results on both <laughs> so mm-hmm. whether you're in art you have to strive yourself for a sense of greatness in it and when you're sitting alone and when you make decisions in your family or the society then you have to be completely in the zone where you are you can relate with the pain you're not apathetic towards suffering you're not and everything actually is an emotion which comes into you which makes your expression greater because what is art it's just a reflection of life um, or or uh, like a mirroring your your inner growth and showing the world the beautiful possibilities of life right mm-hmm. i'd um, saved enough money and that's when samplers came in you no know, like samplers and sequences my whole interest in life was that time electronics and fascination for you know electronics and all this stuff technology and science and stuff so i think that hit me and when i saw things were new gadgets coming in i said oh i need to get that so i saved money and i told my mom and she sold the jewels and she got the money and i went to singapore got these three amazing equipment and i was going to the shop i didn't even eat i landed in singapore straight went to the shop <laughs> i bought all the stuff so i've just realized i didn't eat for like almost the whole day i was there till the evening trying to check out and we packed all the stuff we bought it it comes to chennai and then they confiscate all the stuff <laughs> they confiscate it and like oh, why did you get, how much how why did you how you know i didn't know anything like uh how did you get this and a lot of things happened and the moral of the story is you had this passion to buy something but it was denied to you and this like a month two months three months i go almost i had an ambassador to drive every day i would go in the morning and evening and say come next week come tomorrow evening that commissioners thought you know all these things happen mm. and and finally you know this is like the super training of zen mode where i felt like it's not going to come to you you're done <laughs> <laughs> so it's completely detachment you know detachment was taught to me in that 3 months i learned that when you go behind things it goes away from you <laughs> that lesson just was amazing and I let it go I said learn to live and I became almost emotionless and I think it's like something happens in your brain and the next day morning all the equipments are there in the room <laughs> and I was like not even reacting to it like hmm fine because something inside you had completely numbed down you know that whole mm. and so my life began like that so it almost like this is 986 87 and then you know my life was like everything if you go behind it it goes off So just be where you are and when you deserve it it's going to come to you. So you become worthy of it. <laughs> so that huge lesson I learned through I think which God I think wanted me to. So then after that it was always like that. Like the building my studio or recording songs or expectations that something will get okayed or something will get approved when I was doing jingles or um, when Mani Ratnam came in first he came to my studio I was I was excited at the same time I remember the whole incident of this equipment and I was like uh uh-uh. uh you get excited and he goes away no okay let it be like that if he wants let him come you know so the mind state of mind was it was like a whole training which happened in my mind which is still there now like I feel like that is the foundation for the chillness which I have I think about low my expectations and be ready 50 50 for anything either hmm So you have a relationship with both the light and the dark to not get too enraptured with the pleasure part of things and not too identified with the pain part of things just sitting right in the middle detached <laughs> from either side but I'm really curious something that I find 
universal about the people who carry the most. You've created something that's beyond you and it attracts a lot of energy. And that, to me, is a great way to explain fame. So that's also why it's easy not to take fame too personally. But then what's interesting is that when people interact with the projection of who you are, they're interacting with, as you say, like this massive kind of lights, camera, stage, this thing that's that's created. It's like you are a work of art. It's a projection of ARM on that's a work of art. But then there are people who are seeking an intimacy with the self, the being behind all of that. And this podcast is for those people. And I want them to know, and I'm also curious, your career is your work of art. It's something you keep building and morphing and reinventing. You build installations and you make movies and there's so many different things that you do. But it comes from the seeking that you have. And I'm interested in where that seeking is seeded from. Why you changed your name, how it felt to lose your father Hmm. when you lost. Like, what was going through your mind at that time? Yeah, I think there was sense of uh, disappointment. My father was a Narden worshipper and my mother and myself, I think when this thing happened, we met a Sufi teacher. And even though I had, I could never connect in the beginning, that later, because my mother had a sense of fatherly love for him and he had a, mm-hmm. you know, even though he had a daughter and three sons, he called my, like an adopted daughter she was. So that is a time when when she witnessed a lot of spiritual things. You know, when they, they call the gender, the Sufi gender, where she saw a lot of miracles. She saw light and smell and all the stuff. And my father was taking, uh, was getting healed. It was too late and he never believed. So he was suffering. So it was too late for him. But then when we met him again after 10 years, is when this was completely, we were completely isolated. Three sisters, me, my mom, that's it. No relations. Just a life. We, we wanted to be detached. Isolated in the sense, no relations because we wanted to be healed. Yeah. So just my mom, I was earning. I was what, 16, 15. <laughs> mm-hmm. And my three sisters, one got married, two were yet to get married. And so we moved to this new house, which I'm sitting here. So he taught some beautiful incantations and, you know, meditation things, which I started reciting. I said, okay. So, you know, how it refined me is the more I refined, the more I was getting to where I want to go. The things which are unreachable became more accessible to me. And so it was pulling me in the direction where, uh, where I'm, I'm doing meditation or where I'm, I'm praying namaz. Or Then I realized uh, after the name was kept, you know, A. Raman, when, uh, that's when I think 91, my name. This was again a very strange thing. My mom had gone to, she goes to this person and he looks at my horoscope mm-hmm. and he says who's this guy <laughs> that's when I asked like my mom like I need to change my name I don't want this name and mm-hmm. so the name fell into it so there were three choices I took this name then realized that this is the name of God the 99 names of God this is one of the first names Ar-Rahman it can't be kept you can never call somebody a Rahman because Rahman is the name of God and you have to call uh-huh. somebody as a you are a servant of Rahman Abdul Rahman you can never call a person Rahman because it is the name of God then you realized the loaded significance of the name which I had kept already and which had been approved by people like people love the name yeah Rahman mm-hmm. and I said like this Rahman is not me and this work can't be from me it has to be derived from the supreme and I'm just a servant who's 
who can take all the beauty, whatever comes into me and give it to people. I'm just like a Zaria. A lot of people talk like this, which is, I believe what they talk. So I can never take pride in calling myself a Rahman. So Rahman is always a, a servant so of God. That's beautiful. I had no idea. So Ar-Rahmanu, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Al-Malikul Kuddu. So these are the names of, and each name is about compassion, merciful, the sustenance and the hidden. And so these names are beautiful. And, uh, and I believe that these names, when you become these names and you reflect these qualities, then you become nothing. You become numb to everything. And then you radiate that goodness. You become like a channel, a conduit of something that's beyond your ego. So beautiful. So did you notice that your life began to change really rapidly once you changed your name? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Am I... No, I think something changed inside me. Something changed inside me. The sense of carrying this loaded responsibility (laughs) Mm -hmm. of... Having 1.8 billion people in the first, in the, in the pray, they say, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Rahman, Rahim. That means all praise goes to the God and who is the creator of the universe. And he's the most compassionate and merciful, Ar-Rahman, Rahim. This is the name which the whole world is citing at every second, every microsecond it comes in. So such a big burden on the head. So I feel like there's a kind of empowerment and a sense of you're terrified also, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Everybody has a certain consciousness about or a certain understanding about even atheists. I mean, it's just that they, they don't believe this whole confirmation of, you know, certain yeah. ideology or thing, but they're empathetic, they're human beings, and maybe they have their own understanding of what the truth is. And that's why I think most of my the best friends have atheists like Maniratnam or Javadekter or Vairamuttu or Shankar or all of them are, they don't believe. But there are lovely people who reflect the most beautiful artistry in their, in their work. You know the term black sheep, right? One thing that I'm starting to see as like a theme is when you're the black sheep, you're kind of making a decision to depart from the expectations of not only society, but your family or the expectations placed on these like identifications that we carry as human beings like oh i'm a woman i'm this age i should behave this way i'm an indian i should i make classical music it should sound like this what you know all these things that keep us like in our boxes the most existential thing is life or death right so if you don't care about death if you've seen death early in your life you don't care about anything you know that that is a surety and that makes you very courageous about the most beautiful things. And you feel like nothing else matters. Do you feel that way? Now when people are dying, yeah. I feel like, yeah, I'm here today. Like on some of my friends, some of the most beautiful human beings have passed. They were there. I just spoke to uh, one of the comedians called Vivek. I had a premiere in Chennai. I called him. And I was on speakerphone with all my assistants. I said, hey, Vivek ji, how can you come for my premiere? And, and he said, uh, no, sorry, Ramanji, I'm doing, I'm putting my vaccination tomorrow. I said, no, no, put your vaccination a day later because come for the premier and do No, 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 government, it's a government thing. I'm like an ambassador. I'm putting the vaccination. He put the vaccination. He didn't realize that he had a heart problem or something. He passed the next day off. And you know the reality, you know the ultimate reality. Then you feel like you're much more compassionate. You're much more tolerant towards everything, you know. There's a lamp and there's a light. And the beauty of the light is to illuminate and there's a garden and the quality of the garden is having this platform for all this beautiful flowers and then plants and so you can you can host everybody or you can also be a plant you can be you can blossom whether people are seeing you or not 
So, oh, like, beautiful. this ultimate... You can blossom whether people Absolutely. are seeing you or not. I love that. Absolutely. I have a quote that you had said that I really loved about the, your inner voice is the voice of divinity. To hear it, we need to be in solitude, even in crowded places. When I think about what that inner voice is, sometimes I think, feel like that's where God speaks, you know? And you said to like silence your mind, silence the thoughts to become empty, allow something greater to come through I feel like the whole magic happens when when you give credit to the creator and you give credit constantly and thankful for every second because your body is working your hand is working your eyes are working your ears are working your brain is working <laughs> and that may not be the case tomorrow you know mm-hmm. and my mother suffered for eight years and she had tubes and syringes and my god all the stuff and then I realized my god this lady led us to success and money and fame and everything now she's suffering and i'm okay so my gratitude towards god became even much more that we have everything so there's no way you should complain about anything because health and um, mental health and physical health both are a gift and we should be yeah. grateful for that because some people keep whining about everything and i feel like don't <laughs> I think about void a lot actually like what it means to reinvent to let go of something in order to sit in the void and just make space for something new to arrive and it's like that even with death like death isn't an end it's the beginning of something else we just don't know what that is but just that not knowing scares scares me a lot moving to a new city starting a new chapter in my career entering a new decade of my life whatever it is whatever i don't know i can't anticipate so if i can stay in some sort of a curious state of like enchantment yeah a cur- a curious state uh with love for the great mystery yeah. um, then i'm okay you know you know i i have a friend in bosnia one of the singers who came as a scratch singer for lord of the rings musical which i did in london so i said i wanted somebody from hungary or macedonia to get that little bit of a exotic voice and they said no there's a girl from bosnia so alma ferovic she's she came in and she finally actually sang with me with the london philharmonic i think all the stuff happened she went back to bosnia she's teaching there and whenever when you just remember alma then there's a message <laughs> Hey yaar how are you I said how is this it's like a preemptive thinking when something somebody's thinking about you and then this happens and there's another person same way certain things are unexplainable how do you what is this connection of minds so we are united another realm and so i feel the devotion or or you talk about this vacuum of mind of surrendering is not actually just with religion it's beyond it's in humanity it's united by your human consciousness and uh, of course each religion takes you to a certain zone and after that you are on your own <laughs> if you evolve yeah. or if you get trapped in it you are you're messed up but if you if you use that as a tool to become this beautiful blossoming person who's capable of attracting good energies then you're lucky and you can blossom even if no one is watching that's a good title I for a song that. That's a good title. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken it. I love that. I love that because I think so many people are waiting for a stage or an audience to become, you know? But actually you become and then the stage and the audience shows up. Absolutely. Really. It's the reverse of what people think. Absolutely. Everybody's and I- waiting for some big break and that's not really how it goes down. 
you know i wrote Sorry. a movie i've just written a movie called 99 songs i just released it's been a dream it's been like constant learning like the amount of learning about filmmaking so one of the reasons why i got fascinated by your videos like how did she do this who who you used for filming i kept asking all those questions right uh, because that was the learning period i was i'm still learning of course there's no end to learn but it was quite quite empowering to do a movie and learn and deal with people deal with extraordinary minds and also conflict and trouble problem solving and damage control and and it's just not a movie it's it's a whole university which happened the university of life yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely then when when money is involved and you're answerable Oof. fantastic university <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like gambling <laughs> So fun. <laughs> At one point of time I was like, "Oh my god, is the end of me, I think." The kind of challenges comes in you I feel like, "Oh, this is how I this is the end of my story, is it?" And and then you realize, "No, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. When I could do that 20 years back, I can do this now." So you start uh telling your brain, you have to cheat your brain to not give up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so all that stuff worked. I think it's a mental so many different level so many different levels, you know, mentally you become strong. I mean it's courage for reinvention. That's hard to do. Plenty of people get complacent, but I guess if someone could live 23 years of their life as one name and then decide to become someone else, I think that you're going to continue to surprise yourself as well as the world with what you're capable of. You could do something and fake thinking that oh I'm fully excited. I'm I'm doing the same thing but I'm excited. <laughs> Actually you're not because you've yeah. you crossed all those challenges, you've done it enough times. and what next i like if you need a proper change then the hierarchy of where you are as a composer you can only have a certain say but as a as a showrunner you can do many changes and mm-hmm. those if you have to do that then there is a risk of monetary risk and many they can lose it all so yeah. that gamble is happening so it was pretty challenging would you tell people who look up to you would you tell them to gamble take risks would you tell them to No, it's very, very, very risky. It's anything with other. <laughs> You're like, no. Yeah, but I did it, but you don't have to. Yeah, but but you know, for me, I'm not. I'm not boasting. I I'm like, I'm coming after two, winning two Oscars, two Grammys, BAFTA, the whole true. you know slot machine yeah. gone wrong. Everything comes to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the sense of power <laughs> of what I could do was dictated by all that that aura and respect and. trust and all this stuff. So, so that actually kind yeah, of helped enough. me. Yeah, there's a journey, right? There's a journey. You're building it step by step. If there is one thing where you are right now in your life, what is that greater love that you surrender to? Tell me about it. If you go to a mountain, if you go to the sea, if you look at the sky every day, the sense of that greatness is reflected on even the creations. I feel like these are all creations and if the creations are so beautiful and what will be the creator how the creator would be and that's again our, our limitation of imagination <laughs> comes in we imagine what what is very convenient for us as a as a creator right i think that has to go and we have to find ways to expand our mind in how we can imagine because you can't imagine so much it's better to be void of everything and be at a vacuum place for that truth to come into you and let it be subjective you know mm-hmm. so sometimes you can see the creator uh with act of kindness um sometimes it could be on an sms it could be on a song and it could be on a, a painting it could be yeah i feel like it it reflects it's all around us but we are waiting for you know special effects and background music to come in 
when you miss the full point and right like so we we're all been cheated by all this over the top film sequences so oh, god has come Ta-da! and there's this full <laughs> full symphony playing but the symphony is actually with all the symphony the presence of god is everywhere and we fail to notice it and and that's what we realize i think Thank you for listening to Reverence the Podcast Season 1. It has been my deep honor and my privilege to bring you these stories that hopefully have opened your heart. Make sure to hit the heart button and follow Geo Salvan Podcasts and me, Monica Dogra, on Instagram 